thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. of people inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, yeah, we to are. secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Mm-hmm. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means Hello, for expanding people. its sphere of influence. Listen to this song, okay? It was 1776 when the founders signed the writ of independence from the Brits, it was revolution. Now an enemy from within would enslave us all again and deprive us of our rights in the Constitution. Restore the Republic. Wake up, it's time to understand. Restore the Republic. We're losing our freedom in the land. Hello, people. We're going to listen to this song. Please share this out during the song, okay? Working from behind the scenes, controlling everything. From the daily news we read to the politicians. And they're pulling our financial strings. Yeah, they are. More powerful than kings. It's a central bank elite bringing our destruction. Restore the republic. Wake up, it's time to make a stand. Restore the republic. We are the people and we can Restore the Republic Pledge our allegiance to the flag Restore the Republic We gotta take the freedom back America, arise It's time to open up our eyes That's what this is about March back down the road to freedom That's right If we look the other way They'll take our rights away I think. So we the people must defeat them. Yeah, we do. Let's make America great again, people. Restore the republic. All right. How many of you are with us to restore the republic? I bet you are, aren't you? Money till we choke, shoving taxes down our throats, bailing out banks we don't even owe. It's a ruination. They're invading our privacy with high technology. All right, I see those hands. Microchip in our ID. Mm-hmm. It's abomination. Restore the republic. Wake up, it's time to make a stand. All right, hey everybody. It is Friday. Yeah, it is. Today is June 26th. Do you know what today is? Oh my gosh, you guys. Do you even realize what today is? It's Friday. <laughs> A lot of people say it's Friday, but is it really? Do you know that five years ago today that the gay marriage thing was passed in our country? Hmm. And I think it was about 17 years ago, the Lawrence v. Texas sodomy overruling law thing was passed in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two things God doesn't approve of. 
very much, actually, just so you know. And now here we are in the midst of a pandemic, a global pandemic, people, COVID-19. You know, <laughs> racism, riots, uh, you know, the world economy crashing. Do you think somebody's trying to uh, like put in a new world order by any chance? I kind of think that's what's going on here. But, you know, as a believer, that's a good thing. I mean, it's not a good thing in the sense that it's a good thing, but it tells me that our redemption is drawing near. That when we first believed, which for me was in the 80s, and uh, for you, hopefully you, you're a believer in Jesus. Hopefully you are. Um, because if you are, that's awesome. You know where you're going. And if you're not, let's hope you get on the, the train to heaven by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Super important. So tonight what we're going to do is we have an interview with a woman who I played her video in my show and YouTube now banned me, at least for a week. <laughs> so if you're watching this show, wherever you're at, whatever platform you're at, please just share it because you know what? There's no guarantee that you're going to be able to watch it afterwards because they keep banning her everywhere. And uh, and so, you know, we're going to talk to Dr. Winnie Hartstrong about this and uh, and all that. And I have her right here. She's smiling really big. I'm looking forward to getting her her thoughts on a whole bunch of stuff. But first, we want to thank our sponsor. This month, Connie Summy uh, has been so gracious to sponsor Bible News Radio. So please pay attention to the announcement. Hello everyone, I'm Connie Semi. I'm an independent consultant with Arbonne International. Just wanted to take a minute to share with you about our amazing products. We have vegan certified shakes, our skincare is really clean, and so is our makeup. We also have non-toxic products for your babies. So check out my website, ConnieSemi.com, for more information and how to get a hold of me. All right, that's Connie. You know, I had the blessing of meeting Connie like a couple of weeks ago. Go to her website, C-O-N-N-I-E-S-U-M-M-E-Y, ConnieSummy.com, and check out her products and support support her, support our sponsors, okay? Because without, you know, our few sponsors, <laughs> well, just just say that we're an independent news broadcaster, people. Yeah, we are. And that's not a bad thing because, uh, you know what, I believe in freedom of speech, uh, yeah, I do. And I, speaking of that also, I just want to say, look, in case you guys didn't hear our announcement earlier this week, uh, Bible News Radio has now gone nonprofit. Um, as of today, literally, we filed the paperwork for our 501c3. So we're not, we, it's not official, not yet, but our new name is Heart Tug International, uh, which is going to be where you'll be able to donate, hopefully in two months or less. So you guys pray, please pray pray that it goes through because it will help you out. It will help us out. And I really believe that God has a bigger vision for what we're doing here at Heart Tug International uh, and um, Bible News Radio. So, hey, how many of you guys saw this woman who had a Make America Great a Hat on and telling everybody that the George Floyd wasn't dead to prove me wrong? Well, I did. And I thought, who is this woman? She's got a lot of nerve. <laughs> Especially since she's running for a political office, uh, which even, you know, says a lot, of, a lot more about her fortitude to be able to do that. You know, and having uh, me personally having worked on campaigns and supported people uh, that the, wor that the world um, likes to vilify it and everything because they're pro-life, they're pro-family, they're pro-Jesus, they're pro-gun, they're pro, you know, anti, you know, everything from China, etc., 
you know, I know how the media likes to demonize people, which is why I just had to get Dr. Winnie Hartstrong on the show because after I saw what she said in the video, we played it. And then I did my own research on her and watched her, right? The media likes to, like, she's some crazy woman, right? She's so, she is so not crazy. Hey, I'm a marriage and family therapist by training. I can tell if somebody's crazy. I'm qualified. And Dr. Winnie Hartstrong is not crazy. So I just want to welcome you, Dr. Winnie, to the show. Glad that you're here with me tonight. This is so cool that you're here. Patriots unite. And, um, you know, let's, let's just, just say hi first. Hi. Oh, wait, I gotta unmute you. Hold on a second. <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna, it says ask to unmute. Hopefully you can unmute. Okay. There you go. Now you're unmuted. You know, we're zoom security. So, okay. Hello. Hello, America. Hello, Stacy's audience. God bless you. God bless you for standing by Stacy, but for standing by me standing by our great president god bless you for standing in the gap for your friends your family members who are all so lost mine are <laughs> so lost they need to come home before jesus comes for all of us yeah so so i played the song band of patriots uh, restore uh, the republic was that the first time you ever heard of this song yeah it was it was and you know every single line in there is like yep that's what's happening. <laughs> yep, that's what's happening. You know, the very first time I heard that song was on Catherine Albrecht's show uh, from many years ago. She she always played alternative music, and I remember hearing that song going, I got to put this on our on our show, because she was on the forefront of uh, uh, spy chips. When the when grocery mm -hmm. cards came in, you know, the, the convenience card that you scan and stuff, she, yeah, mm -hmm. loyalty cards, she, she actually saw the future of what was going on with tracking us uh and stuff and you know speaking of t deep technology i mean that's just one thingy of it you know what i mean so one of the things i want to do though is i want to get a little bit more about your background okay because you know i always want people to know the person behind quote the so-called politics so tell us a little bit about yourself you know wh where were you born I was born, Stacy, in the hard land right now, the ground zero of the race riots. I was born in Minneapolis. Okay, cool. And you're running for a seat. Tell me why. That's right. That's right. I'm running for Congress to represent Missouri. I'm a Missourian by choice, a Minnesotan by birth. And being the academic that I am, my life has taken me through all different parts of uh, the U.S. So I started out undergrad in Illinois at Northern Illinois University in DeKalb, Illinois. And then I worked for a bit in Minnesota and worked also on a graduate degree just for a semester at the University of Minnesota in the Department of Communication there. And then I decided that the Midwest was just uh, <laughs> not a good place to study what I wanted to study, which was foreign policy and rhetoric, uh, inter international diplomacy, I needed to be closer to DC. So in the midst of my graduate study, I transferred to the University of Maryland where I studied rhetoric, I studied politics, I studied international government, all the things that have made me the wise woman that I am today. <laughs> well, hey, first of all, congratulations. You know, as I, I have an earned master's degree 
I don't have a doctorate. I chose not to get a doctorate. I could have easily gotten one if I decided to. So, you know, it, it is, a, it's an accomplishment to get a higher education, just saying, because you think, you know, you think differently than people who don't have it. So, and you know, one of the things I read online is that people are attacking you saying that your doctorate isn't actually even valid. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's funny. That's just funny, you know, because they should have been right there with me when I was slaving away for six years trying to get that degree. You know, it was a hard time. Yeah. And I think what makes graduate work so difficult is because you just really have to lose any sense of pride or ego that you have to get through it. Because you have a committee of about five or six people who have already gone through the hazing process. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the people who are in your committee at this point, they've been PhDs for 10, 20 years, and they've forgotten what it's like. So you're right there in the midst of, you know, a, a, an academic hazing and you have to take it. And I took it folks, and I took it for six years. I had three kids in the midst of that craziness. And here I am today. So that's funny that people would attack my degree. Yeah. Well, it's because they're bozos. That's why. And I'm trying to be yeah. nice because, you know, I could, yeah. I could yeah. be meaner. Okay. So let's get to the heart of the matter. Okay. So nope, no pun intended on your name. No. <laughs> so I got, okay. So I, I do know that one of the reasons why you decided to go ahead and run, run is because you're pro-life and uh, you know, and your mom's, I believe, saw an ultrasound of you in the womb and decided not to kill you, which was nice of her, wasn't it? Amen. So nice of my mom. So <laughs> nice of the doctor to show her the ultrasound. So nice of the state of Minnesota in the 80s to have that requirement. I mean, just so many people being nice in government and in positions of leadership led to me being alive today. Okay. But somehow we have forgotten all of that common sense. And now when you suggest that an ultrasound should be present in the room where a woman is about to have an abortion, you're thought of as being crazy. You're thought of as being anti-privacy. You are thought of as being anti-woman, which is not the case at all. My mom thought she wanted an abortion. She made an appointment. She went to the Planned Parenthood. And then she was confronted with God's creation, God's beautiful creation in the person of me. And she said, I was uh, wiggling my, my toes and waving my fingers in the ultrasound, you know, like mm -hmm. saying, hey, mom, I'm right here. <laughs> and she was frightened and, you know, in awe at the same time. And she flew off the examination table and ran for dear life. She never looked back. So thank you, mom. Thank Aww. you, Jesus. I'm alive today. <laughs> Amen. And you know what? My mom, I was born in the 60s. And I, what I can tell you is that my mom, be, 1973, Roe v. Wade was passed, as you know. And I was born 68. And my mom told me a lot during my life that if that had been legal, I might not be here. So, you know, wow. so praise God, right? That we're both here. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we yeah. are people. All right. So, all right. Let's get to the George Floyd thing, okay? Because you. Okay. You have a lot of nerve, don't you? I do. I do. I'm just so gutsy, so just daring. It oh. comes with the territory. You know, when I was going to grad school, a lot of my classmates, a lot of my colleagues, they were on that pill, okay? They were like, 
no way am I doing graduate coursework and having kids. Well, who popped out three kids <laughs> in the midst of six years of grad courses? My advisors were so confused. They're like, uh, you know, you're in school, right? I'm like, yeah, but I, I want to have a family. I don't want to be like, you know, old and gray. Then I start having kids. So at this point, I'm 30 years old. I was born in December, 1989. And I have three beautiful children who are the loves of my life. So I have a lot of nerve. I just have a lot of courage too. But it's not nerve like, oh, you've got some nerve coming up in here talking all kinds of trash. No, not that kind of nerves. It's courage. It's actually a gift of the Holy Spirit to have fortitude, to be able to hear and see that you're living in a reality that's being contrived right in front of your face. And then to have the Holy Spirit say, you know what? Winnie, you can either sit this back and we can just go on like nothing's happening and, you know, the world will plunge further into chaos or you can be my voice and you can say what everyone knows to be true and we can save some, we can save ourselves from this uh, worsening human condition. And that's really what I see myself as doing is genuinely preventing a full-blown race war on American soil. And we can very easily go there. We can very easily get there. Uh, the, the, the bonfire is already set. We just need to throw a match in there. And that's what the George Floyd case was. It was a match to an already prepared bonfire. And it was about to go up in flames. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit said, wait a minute. I have people there on earth. I have some good Christians who are ready to think critically. I have some good children of God. You might not be Christian, but you're, you're a child of God. And if you're watching this, you're probably a critical thinker and you're curious what I have to say. So the Holy Spirit said, when he speak to, speak to them, speak to them, use everything I've given you, use your beautiful accent, use your beautiful face and voice, use your story and speak to my people and tell them that they need to calm down. <laughs> Uh, so that's what I did. I told America on May 31st, 2020, that we all needed to calm down. We all needed to stop crying, stop burning, stop looting. And then I told white America too, like stop feeling so guilty. You know, our everyone's roots is so messy. Oh my goodness. There's some people in my family tree that I'm just so ashamed of. And I bet it's the same for you. So you need to stop feeling guilty because Jesus paid the price. He has taken it all on himself. And now, having gotten rid of all those negative emotions, you need to apply your brain. You need to start thinking. That's what I told America. That's what I told the world. You know, Stacey, when my message went out, it was actually better received in Europe than it was here in the U.S. Because hmm. I think Europeans are far down that rabbit hole. They're just way gone. They're in some real mental and spiritual slavery um, brought on by some powerful elites. And so... They're just ready for some good news. They're ready for some truth. And when it hit them, when they got that message, immediately they're like, I believe this. They didn't question me. Americans are like, hey, who is she? What is she saying? You know, they're, Americans are still a bit in the freedom la-la land. We have freedom. As bad as the lockdowns have been, we can still go on our mobile phones and order curbside grocery delivery. You right. know, Europe, we're talking about people crying in Italy because they can't afford a, a can of milk. People are hungry. People are committing suicide. I have fans now in Greece 
I've never been to Greece, but I have great people in Greece who love me because for the last few years, 50,000 citizens of Greece have committed suicide. Mm. When they heard my message that there was no need to panic, that there was possibly a, no reason for us to hate each other any further or go into a, a race war, which now was affecting all of the Western world, all of you know France now was starting to have this black versus white struggle. And uh, where else was that struggle playing out? Played out, oh, it played out in Great Britain. In Great Britain now, the Black Lives Matter was coming out. And so Europe was just ready to hear what I had to say. And they've been some of my biggest supporters. Yeah, you know, I, I, think, it's, I think it's interesting because I think part of what makes you, um, for lack of a better word, a firecracker in the issue is, is because you are a person of darker color than me you know we had i live in, i live here in uh, spring hill tennessee which is just about 40 minutes outside of nashville i grew up in california which you know i grew up around i mean complete racial diversity and everything i moved to tennessee the buckle of the bible belt <laughs> and one of the very first things i i actually uh, encountered in walmart was a racist cowboy and i'm like holy moly you know this is like crazy well black lives matters decided to come to my little hick town usa uh shortly after the whole george floyd thing blew up and i can tell you what we have about uh, this is not an exaggeration about twenty-four thousand and some people in a local facebook group and the facebook group went crazy i'm in the small business community i walked my community i prayed over main street because mm. people that understand the ideology behind Black Lives Matters and how radical that is were very concerned that their businesses were going to be defaced, mm. you know, and destroyed. And, and, you know, it was, it's not because we're racist. It's because we're, you know, we're looking at what this is. And I happen to have, you know, a pretty lengthy background as an activist myself, especially with the gay issue and the pro-life issue. And I've gone to rallies in, uh, in um, Pennsylvania and other places. And, and I've had the opportunity to, um, you know, to see, you know, women yelling and screaming, you know, keep my laws, keep your laws off my body or, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or the act. Get, of... you, get your rosaries out of my ovaries or something yeah. silly like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, but, but I, what I actually have seen though, even with the prop eight thing that happened a number of years ago, the, uptick in the the vitriolic hate and the violence at these meetings it scared me and i'm i'm not easily scared i i know i i, I look really sweet and stuff but i'm i really like you i'm not really that i'm scared of stupid stuff like oh no i got a pain in my side oh is that a muscle ache because i just played too much pickleball or what you know <laughs> it's 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 like but you know bring on the, the activism in my face and, and I don't get scared very easy. But I did during the Prop 8 thing because I just saw mm. a demonic increase mm. there. And if, you know, the Bible says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, if that's not what's being played out on TV right now during this whole thing, I don't know what is. I don't know if it's demonic. It, it can't be any more demonic than that, I don't think. Yeah, Stacy, they're coming after Jesus. They're coming after Jesus and his so-called white mother, Mary. I'm like, oh, man, y'all just don't know what you're talking about. Jesus has nothing to do with, you know, whiteness or, you know, blackness or difference in that 
sense because Jesus is the son of God and God is the spirit. So it's getting really, you know, biblical, it's getting biblical. That's why I'm speaking out, Stacey. You know, four years ago, when Donald Trump decided that he would run for president, I was so against it. I'm like, who is this guy? Oh my goodness. <laughs> and that was toward the beginning of my graduate work coursework. I thought I would just do my graduate studies and just be a professor because this is way too crazy. But then I started to see that increase you're talking about. I started to see us move from a place of legal disagreement into a place of uh, religious argument for, you know, for difference. We're just now getting into a place where we're just hating each other biblically, uh, condemning each other, and trying to steal, kill, kill and destroy again. And I said, no, I can't sit this out. I need to get into the fight because it's now coming into a realm where I have dominion, right? As a Christian, you're all given dominion over the works of Satan. And I said, I know many good people out there who are in politics. Many of them are uh, doing it because it's what their daddy did or it's what they've always wanted to be. But I know very few people who are in politics and also have the mind of God. And that's why I got in, because I said, if we are going to survive this, we need some real spiritual leaders who are also going to be political leaders. Now, that might offend some people. Some people don't want to know that. They don't want to know that their leaders get on their knees and pray to God. They don't want to know that you even worship a God. But that's why I got in. So how, how do you want me to hide that? <laughs> I got in because God is with me and God is saying, when he go forth, and spread the good news, even in the political arena. So this is bigger than just um, me launching a career on the corpse of a dead man, dead or alive, or wherever he may be. It is it is really a spiritual calling for me. So you're kind of like Esther of old. There you go. Yes. I'll take that. Or Deborah. Mm-hmm. The judge. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's look at the George Floyd stuff. So you went ahead, you went ahead, you went, you went ahead, you wrote a paper. By the way, I have to tell you, as a fellow, you know, person who's done research, um, I like that you said, you know, this, the, re the, the evidence suggests, just so you guys know that that actually is academically correct. She isn't saying it said, but you always have to say it suggests because the evidence does su suggest this stuff. So in, and Thank you. Thank you for that, Stacey, because the headline that came out on Yahoo News a couple of days ago says uh, GOP congressional candidate insists that uh, George Floyd's death was a deep fake, blah, 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 blah. So I, I really wish that they would have dug into my paper a little bit, because what I'm really trying to get us to do is to transition from a place where we're taking that videographic evidence from May 25th as a concluded uh, event that actually took place. And we're going into a place where you would go in a court of law, let's examine the evidence. And at the end of that process, let's determine whether or not this event conclusively took place as reported by mainstream media or not. So I start right there. I say, this is some of what I'm seeing. And at the end of my 23 pages, which you can find, it's at investigatedeepfakefloyd.com. I conclude that there is no way we should buy the narrative that what happened on May 25th actually happened on May 25th. 
I hope that helps your audience. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I can tell you honestly that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, who hasn't, right? They banned him too. Anyway, but, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you look at certain things and, and my husband, who is a filmmaker, by the way, Randall, did you actually want to come on and say something earlier? Cause yeah, I did. Okay, go ahead. Come on in. My husband, you know, he makes film and I, he has some thoughts. So let's, I'll put him well, over here. I don't have a shot with oh. me and the doctor together. So it'll be, it'll be us, States. but. But uh, I wanted a clarification earlier talking about Black Lives Matter. Well, yeah, we believe that Black Lives do matter, but there's an organization called Black Lives Matter, which is, yeah, just go read their website and, um, you know, what it is they actually stand for and things like that. It's, um, yeah, it's off the charts. It's it's not about the individualized matter, but a whole host of um sort of um you know um whatever so, left-wing politics anyway uh but yeah i you know just i'm you know i don't work in hollywood or anything i do business videos but just my experience with the capabilities i have and the software that i have no artificial intelligence just after effects that kind of thing I mean, I've done some things that people didn't know weren't real. So I'm at a, we're at a place in history where I don't believe video evidence just at face value because we can manipulate okay. things at the pixel level and um, mm -hmm. make anything look real. Yeah. So I just want you to know that. I mean, that's what my husband does for his company is make videos for people. I mean, I'm very basic elementary Photoshop levels. I can do some stuff too. <laughs> I'm sure most of your audience can too. We can make some, you know, talking ducks and, you know, singing dogs. Like this, mm -hmm. there's a whole section of the internet that is just dedicated to the weird things you can do with video. And then we see this video and now we're all going to lose our minds and not question it. Yeah. Well, so good for you. Okay, so, all right. So I want to first bring out, though, you dedicated your paper to David Dorn. Tell us a little bit about that, because I actually I um, I actually don't watch the mainstream media, so I actually had to look oh, this okay. up. Okay, well, retired, now late, uh, retired police captain David Dorn uh, was a 77-year-old man who uh, was a staple in the city of St. Louis, where I'm running for Congress. And over here in North City, he would check on this uh, pawn shop that was in his neighborhood. And when he saw that the looting was starting to get really rough, he went over there to check on the owner and to check on the store just to make sure everything was okay. And he got killed on Facebook Live. He got shot and killed. He, he's laying on the ground. His blood is oozing out. And it's all captured on Facebook Live. And our community has yet to recover from that. And, and what, I'm, what I'm most angered about is that we have a potentially fabricated image that comes out on May 25th. And uh, it's, it's the thrust of that image is that a black man has been strangled to death by a white cop. We don't question that image. We don't question whether or not it's real. And then we launch into a nationwide riot pol 
protests that that devolves into assassination style killing of police now real police get to die and now real civilians are dying and this this has been the goal all along it seems it seems like the goal all along was to get us to a place where we were actually killing each other and engaging in a race war and we've run so far away from home base that we haven't turned to look and say hey can we pause a minute can we just ask a few questions and maybe if we get this case right then we'll feel uh, less emotional and we'll feel less likely to go out and engage in a race war. That's all I've been doing for America. And it's been great. I've had people who would not necessarily traffic in conspiracy theories, which by the way, I don't consider it a conspiracy theory. I consider it a conspiracy realism. Mm -hmm. Conspiracy realist is someone who questions the word of known liars, cheats, thieves, and all around bad girls and boys, okay? So I consider myself a realist. I'm, I just really want to examine the evidence. Um, but yeah, so I've been able to pull people back a bit and I've had people reach out to me who would not necessarily traffic in this kind of thought. They've mm -hmm. been academics, they've been lawyers. I have a call with a lawyer on uh, July 8th. Uh, he has a podcast he wants me to come on. Um, they've been uh, religious leaders, politicians, people of, of uh, reputable, people with, with a reputation to protect. And I have a reputation to protect. Right. But these people want to ask questions so that perhaps we can stop some of the real runaway stuff. Like now they're going to vandalize statues of George Washington. And the president has to go to South Dakota to Mount Rushmore to try and assuage the country that everything is okay. And I just heard now that they're coming for Jesus and coming to vandalize our churches. This, this has gotten out of hand. You know, what's interesting about what you just said is that for eight years, I wrote about Christian persecution with the voice of the martyrs. I wrote their blog. And I have watched Christian persecution uh, for over a decade now, and I've watched how the sleepy church basically has ignored, ignored it here in America. But the way that it always creeps in is political first. Because if you go to China, you got the three self church. By the way, the, the world's largest Bible press is in China as well. The Amityville Press is, is the world's largest Bible press in China. But in the three self church, they are told by their government, the state run church, what they can and cannot say and what they dare and dare not say about who Christ is. And I find mm -hmm. it interesting if you want to look at this whole pandemic thing, the whole COVID thing. Frankly, I think it's a bunch of hooey and that's being polite, you know, and I have seen friends of mine flip out over it. Uh, and I have seen, I mean, I've seen people get, you know, on Facebook, I, I see, you know, I happen to sell Legal Shield, okay, which is a great product, by the way. Uh, but I've seen people in Legal Shield that I love uh, just put posts up that, well, you're, it's a loving thing to wear a mask. Well, I'm like, if I wear a mask, I'm going to have a panic attack because I don't like wearing masks, just so you know. But what, are you implying that I'm not being loving if I don't wear a mask? Do you, don't you not know I could kill myself by wearing a mask? I mean, it's just crazy things like that of all the dumb things that we could get upset about all of these other things have come in and you know i've warned our audience i've said look you know when the when the state the governors are telling you 
what you can and cannot do in the church. You have a state-run church now. Welcome to welcome to China. It, it's not yes. that bad yet, but it's here, right? Yes. You know, I lived in Maryland for quite a few years when I was getting my graduate degree. That's where I met my husband. That's where we had our three children. We now live in Missouri. And so I stay in contact with my Maryland colleagues. I'm still in contact with the Maryland GOP. And I found out during COVID that Montgomery County in Maryland was trying to regulate the reception of Holy Communion. I'm like, how? How do we get to the point where a county government gets to tell the church, the local Catholic church, whether or not the parishioners can receive Holy Communion? Mm -hmm. Man, that got way too far, way too quickly. But thankfully, they have a pretty active, uh, you know, Christian population that said, hey, no, no way. You can tell us it's not, you know, kosher to go outside or whatever, keep six feet distance, but you can't tell us what to do within our church and how to practice our religion. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to, I want to get to some questions from some of my viewers that have written in. I, I asked people to send me some questions. So these are not my okay. questions. You've already received my tough questions. But actually, here's some good, here's some good questions. Okay, so this is from Natasha. Natasha has four questions, and I love Natasha. She's one of my uh, supporters here, um, and she's, uh, she's very smart. She's, she's a thinker like we are. So she read your paper, and she has these questions. This is the first one. If George Floyd died in 2016, who was, parad who was parading as the father of a six-year-old daughter was she hoodwinked or schooled into thinking an imposter was her dad? That's a good question. Hi, Natasha. So nice to meet you. Thank you for your question. And most of all, thank you for reading the report. Everyone who has called me everything from, you know, crazy to way out there. I say, did you read the report? And Natasha, you did. So thank mm -hmm. you. So my report focused on whether or not proving I said, America proved me wrong. George Floyd is alive. So I followed up on that and I said, I'm going to do some research proving whether or not he was alive and who was posing as him. So the conclusion is that he died in 2016 and this man, Stephen Jesse Jackson, uh, is posing or acting as him in that deep fake production that was released on May 25th. Now, Ever since that, I've gotten so many people reach out to me with their own analysis and their own evidence. And the evidence is pointing toward the fact that we need to do a second edition of the report to include information like this. I hope you're ready. So the man that is calling himself George Floyd's twin, who acted as the person of George Floyd in that deep fake, is supposedly the, the father of that child. And, and that has just come to my knowledge. The woman that is acting as his wife, Roxy Washington has gone by many names. So I'm asking you right now, before they clean up the internet, to search for Renata Jackson, R-E-N-A-T-A, -A, Renata Jackson. Renata Jackson is the wife of Steven Jackson. They have been in a long relationship. In fact, they have a child who is just about the same age as Gianna Floyd. Their child is six years old. Gianna Floyd is six years old. And 
so people are putting this together and sending it to me and saying, hey, Dr. Winnie, are you seeing this? This is Renata, Renata Jackson. Also, Roxy Washington, who is supposedly the wife of the late George Floyd. So there's so much going on here that I hope to unravel and create a second edition of the report, which by the way, the report that you have access to, I have sent to the FBI, I have sent to the DOJ, I have sent to Fox News, everyone who should have it has a copy of it. Cool. And what has your response been from these entities? Oh boy. <laughs> you know, when you start to talk about false flags and you talk about um, potential rings of criminals or criminal behavior that have perpetuated themselves multiple times now, I think we can go as far back as 2012. Right. Uh, where we've seen the first instances of these false flags. Uh, you're talking about people with vested interest in covering up the truth. And so whether or not we'll see a federal investigation is questionable, but my job has been to put it out there and to honor God in the process because God has called me into politics. Uh, my Bible tells me promotion cometh neither from north or south, east or west, but from the Lord. And so if he has called me in, I gotta, I have to honor him. I don't know what he's going to do with this. I know that it has made me a worldwide household name. I have people as far as South Africa reaching out, people in New Zealand, Australia. Um, so I, I, I thank him for that. I thank God for that. Um, I guess you can call it notoriety. But where he's going to take us as a nation and as a world, I don't know. I'm just a small, small piece of a larger puzzle. Well, what I think is funny, I mean, my show's been around for 16 years and only a certain segment ever sees it because I'm banned everywhere, you know, and thanks to you. Now I can't even broadcast on YouTube <laughs> for a week. And you know what? I'm happy about that because God uses little things. <laughs> it's, it's, Glory I, to God. I do believe. And I pray, a... I, pray for your, I pray for your network right now, Stacey. I just bless you in the name of Jesus. I pray that God will expand your coast because you honor him. I pray that more and more people will come to know you as they seek after Jesus. They will find your station. And since you have supported me by not thinking I'm absolutely crazy, I bless you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> well, thank you. I receive it. Okay. Amen. Natasha has a couple of other questions. Okay. So Natasha's second. And by the way, she said, hi, I'm going to go back here. I'm, I'm looking, uh, I have people all over. I'm looking at the thing and I'm, I do see your questions. So I'm going to try to get to them. Uh, okay. Okay. So her second question is, who do you think paid off the family of George Floyd to help create a worldwide outcry and a three and three huge funerals, which by the way, I can tell you, I started to watch the funerals, Al Sharpton. Oh my gosh. I, I just, I was like, seriously, I just couldn't, I couldn't stomach it. But anyway, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that this is a case where the heist is paying for itself. And a section of the report covers the GoFundMe fundraisers. And at the point where I was releasing the report, June 14th, 2020, the main fundraiser by his brother, Philonis Floyd, had $14 million in it. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, that's, that's enough money to pay everybody off if, <laughs> if that's what's happening. Okay, again, I want to be very, very careful and sensitive and say, if a person died in that way, they should really be honored. But if what is happening is a giant hoax, oh boy, that is enough money to go round and round and round 
for enough lifetimes. Yeah, and I noticed too that like you put up a change.org petition, which happens to be not working. By the way, let's just take a little side trip. How is it that nobody can find anything about you online? <laughs> like, like YouTube, I'll tell you what happened, okay? So I put up your Make America Great Again hat, you know, video, which I actually have a copy of on my desktop because I knew they were going to remove it. I actually transcribed it using a mobile app. So I have all that. I know what you said, right? So YouTube flagged my video for bullying, harassment, and discrimination. But they didn't tell me specifically in my video what it was that that was the case. I appealed the decision, put it in there, and they came back and said, well, your appeal is denied. And I'm like, what, what is it in, what, what exactly is it? Now, I knew you had been removed off Facebook because my friend Vicky had posted your your video. That's how I learned about it. And then I was like, hmm, okay, so Vicky did this. So then it was over here. So I'm like, okay, something they don't like. So then being the yeah. snarky person I am, I just took the video off Facebook. I re-uploaded it to YouTube where it got like 500 more views than it had prior to it doing. It stayed up there two weeks, I think. And then somebody must have reported it or something. But I blatantly <laughs> named it too. Look at the video like YouTube blatantly like, you know, Dr. Winnie Hartstrong's video has been banned on YouTube. I had it on YouTube. So I did appeal it. And I'm still waiting for the response. Hi, guys. My son always does this. He always photobombs me when I'm working. But yeah, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> this is Michael. And um, hi, Michael. he wants to say hi. Can you say hi? Hi. My name is Michael. My name is Michael. <laughs> well, hey, I love kids. So just yeah. saying. Michael, can you go upstairs? I have to work, okay? We'll talk later, okay? No. Okay, can you sit? Sit right there. Sit right there in the corner. Okay. Good job. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so you were saying that how is it that I'm banned everywhere? You know, that's a great question. I, <laughs> I did a a podcast uh, interview with a bunch of. I'm Catholic, by the way. I was. I know. Baptized and raised Catholic. Yeah. So I've done a bunch of Catholic things where I'm praying in Latin, you know, Ave Maria, Gracia Plena, Dominus Jacob. I don't know if those are still up. <laughs> I couldn't I find that, anything. Uh, uh, yeah, I think my name is just getting scrubbed off the internet. But that's okay. It's not about me. It's about the truth. And the truth has to get out eventually. Well, just so you know, what we're going to do, we got you on four live video broadcasts right now. We're on Mixer, Twitch, not YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope. Yeah. And we're going to rip all the audio from this and we're going to put it up on at least 20 different podcast platforms. So somebody will hear it. <laughs> They're not going to ban everybody, right? So, okay. God, I like that. Okay, so here's the next question Natasha asked. The four cops who are involved in this, who, who, the four cops who were involved in this, who actors, question mark. So who are these guys who are supposedly out on bail and indicted? That was a that's a good question. That's a good question. So again, we're in the brave new world of technology. What you and I can do in our bedrooms on a laptop computer pales in comparison to what people with government grade machinery can do. Right. And so I conclude based on the existing evidence that no one in the main cast of this production is one person. Everyone seems to be a digital composite, and that is potentially intentional such that when the arrest photos come out or when the booking photos come out, it creates more confusion 
and it leads to more uh, uh, emotional outcry and more mayhem. But in this case, what has happened is that the discrepancy between who we see in the video and who we see yeah. in the booking photo is actually causing people to think and question the whole event. So it's backfiring in a way. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I think it's interesting. I mean, there's so many things in your paper that, that, um, you want to talk about the second grade teacher? I can't get yeah. over that. <laughs> yeah. That was actually one of the yeah. things I was going to bring up. Go ahead. Talk about that. Yeah. Well, in my findings, <clears throat> I, I found this woman, Waynell Sexton, who yes. has mentioned that she taught George Floyd in second grade and she was interviewed by Houston public radio affiliate in Houston and what we find is that there's no evidence of her teaching grade school anywhere. In fact, her name is a non-existent name. Wayne L. Sexton does not exist on any server anywhere. I got a subscription to a few uh, search engines, the whitepages.com, spyfly.com. Wayne L. Sexton is not an entity. It's not a person that we know of to actually exist. But what we do know is that that name within that name contains some kind of code. And if you actually take out uh, the W from the name in the first name and you take out the ton in the last name, you get anal sex. And I, I mean, is that a joke? Are we supposed to be like such dunces that we can't figure that out? Does Houston not have anyone to do background research before they interview someone as a teacher? Uh, she had a, a, a piece of art that George Floyd has supposedly done almost 30 or so years ago, right. and it was in pristine shape, no <laughs> dents, no, no tear, nothing. And she's talking about how he thought he was going to be a, 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 a judge. And yeah. I mean, the whole thing was just, I said in the paper, this would be really funny if it wasn't totally destructive and if people hadn't actually lost their lives about this. Yeah. And I thought that that was weird. Um, I mean, I did think of the name, but when I read the paper, I laughed. I, I mean, I laughed at that part because I thought, oh my gosh, I've seen this in gay activism, like all over the place. You know, you, I mean, I, I, there's a book called After the Ball, which is literally the playbook for marketing homosexuality to America. And I took that book and I put it in a series and I had people, you know, attacking me. And I'm like, no, this is their words. It's not my words. It's their words. You can watch eight hours of it on YouTube. Until they ban it <laughs> but the, the the two two other things that stood out to me were you talked about um the george floyd potentially being a half mannequin you know and and the still shots there i thought that was kind of interesting and the tattoo talk a little bit about that because the, the body yeah, double difference so, so the real george floyd was involved in the adult movie industry and people were quick to rip down videos of him from there and in those videos, you see clearly that he has a tattoo across his chest. Well, in the arrest video, people are pointing out there's no tattoo on that chest. Um, the other thing you mentioned was the mannequin. There's a company called Seven Sigma in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, they're no longer there because their shop supposedly got burned down, which on a side note, I didn't include this, but some chemical engineers and structural engineers have reached out to say that the kind of prep work that it takes to burn down a building like a police station, which is built to last several decades and possibly over a hundred years, requires enormous prep work. You need to prep it with chemicals for at least a day before you start fires that can actually successfully bring the buildings down. 
So that is another side of this that I hope that people with more resources will investigate. Who prepped these buildings for burning? And uh, Seven Sigma is one of these buildings that burned down to the ground. Um, it's a mannequin company. So if your young one was going to learn how to do CPR or learn how to be a lifeguard, they would have trained maybe on one of these mannequins from Seven Sigma. And there is a picture of the CEO of Seven Sigma posing with a mannequin that looks like a George Floyd replica. That picture is in the report, again, at investigatedeepfakefloyd.com. Yeah, and that's, that's great. Okay, so I'm going to ask a couple other questions from some people in Periscope. Let's see here. Uh, okay, so my friend, um, uh, forgive me, I always say your name wrong. I think it's Nina K. <laughs> she goes by the honesty policy. She's she's mm -hmm. a political thingy over on Periscope. But she asks, does Winnie believe that anyone died on May 25th? That's a good question. I'm open to uh, being proved wrong that, you know, I'm, I'm open to, to being proved without a doubt that somebody did die on May 25th. Um, and actually, I should revise that. The autopsy shows that somebody died. So somebody clearly died, right? Right. Um, my question is, and I did, I did ask that in the, in the paper, who died? Can we see photographic evidence of who was autopsied? Because from what I'm seeing, George Floyd died in 2016. Again, I, I did say in that MAGA had video that mm -hmm. it's very easy to get a corpse. That's you know, right. Like, it's so easy to find someone dead that you can pass off as anyone else because there's unfortunately a homeless crisis in a lot of our inner cities and there's a huge problem with drugs. And lo and behold, I had no idea, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't like have any premonition about this, but lo and behold, the autopsy report shows heavy drug use, yep. methamphetamine and fentanyl. And I didn't know that beforehand. I just said in the video, like, hey, you just, get a homeless guy, give him some food, lace it up with drugs, and there you go. You have exhibit A for a dead person to autopsy. So I'm not doubting that there are not dead bodies involved in this whole case. What I am doubting is whether or not it was caused by the strangulation with a knee on the neck. Amen. Okay, and that's, that's good. Okay, so QT Lady asks, what about the dates when the videos were recorded? I loved you talked about that too, especially because of the COVID thing. Address that. That's right. So the video was recorded May 25th uh, and released May 25th, I should say. But on March 15th, we know that the governor of Minnesota had passed a safer at home order, which meant that everyone, public citizens, uh, private citizens, public officials needed to be presenting themselves as uh, abiding by these guidelines, putting on face covering in public. And we don't see any evidence of that. I mean, that was one of the first things that jumped out to me. I, I'm sure it jumped out to you as well. Yes. Yep. All right. One um, Somebody else asked, do you believe this is all political? I think they came in late, but. Well, not just me, you know, there's a county chair, a Republican county chair, in uh in florida i believe who is saying just the same thing she said this feels politically motivated she said it's to get trump and i wouldn't doubt it a bit what i want to happen is to have the government to say that i want it's it's one thing for dr winnie hartstrong to say it. it's another thing for the people whose jobs it is to say this to actually 
do the investigation using my uh, citizens investigation as a blueprint to now go further and tell us exactly what happened. Yes. All right. Sorry, I'm getting pummeled here with, with questions now. Okay. Natasha, the answer to your question is yes about what you just sent me. Um, okay. So my question, let's just turn a little bit to the, to the right, to the right. <laughs> Get that? No, that was supposed to be funny. Okay. And it, it was actually make America great again. Yeah, it was. Um, okay. So getting back to your candidacy here, you're running for a, a seat, you know, in government. Do you think that you're going to win? That's I mean, a great question, uh, Stacey. I am. I'm I curious. always think like a winner. <laughs> I'm a winner. My name is Winnie. Okay. There you go. Winnie was born to win. <laughs> Of course, I'm going to win. With people like you behind me, I'm going to win. With uh, your viewers behind me, of course, we're going to win. And you know what winning looks like? It looks like waking up our friends and family. It looks like getting us out of a matrix. It looks like getting us fully. Mommy's busy. It looks like getting <laughs> us fully engaged in the political process. You know, I'm doing a very heroic thing here. I, I hope people see that. I have a young family. And I'm also heavily engaged in some controversial politics, but I think it's worth it. I think our nation deserves people who will make those kinds of sacrifices. My generation of women, especially, has to be so strong because our moms and our grandmas sold us out to the feminist movement. And my generation, you know, in the uh, 18 to 35, 40 year old range now has to do a double duty where we have to balance family life with political service. Uh, so I hope you're not too irritated by my son jumping around here, but this is it. This is how we're going to win our country back. It's moms and dads and everyone in between taking time out to ask questions and to hold their elected officials accountable. Yeah, you know, uh, one of my radio mentors is Janet Parshall, who used to broadcast from the nation's capital. And one of the things that Janet would always say is, you know what, this is real life. You have kids. That's a cool thing. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I, I, think, I, like I, th I think it's a great thing, people, don't you? And here's the other thing. Okay, so you, you uh, said history is the conspiracy. Conspiracy is the history. Now, that was one of my favorite parts about your thingy because, because everybody, because the deep state, you know, and I've interviewed um, retired Lieutenant um, Robert McGinnis on our show who wrote the book Deep State. The Deep State really exists, people. I mean, it's it's not it's it's not a conspiracy. It they really do want a new world order. If you if you go back to George Bush Sr. and from then on out, they've mentioned the new world order. Nobody knows what the heck that is except well, now we do because we're really <laughs> close, people. Um, yep, you yep. know. So go ahead. And it's it's one thing. It's one thing if they're like oh, we want a new world order. Can you all show up at your polling place and vote on it, right? That's one thing. It's a completely different thing when they try to hoodwink us right. into a new world order, right? And bring it about with destruction. That right. is the part I can't take. You don't have to like destroy my police precinct, burn down the CVS, burn down the Target to try and tell me that you want something new. Can we just talk about it? Can we just talk about it? If you want something new, what does that entail? What I'm seeing from the uh, Chaz or Chop in Seattle, apparently there's no freedom of religion. 
because right there you have a preacher who's coming to preach about Jesus Christ and he's pummeled to the ground. So will there be freedom of religion in this new world order? Will oh. there be freedom of property? Can I own my property? Can I know that my property will be safe? Or are you just going to send social workers to protect me in times of danger? These are the conversations we should be having. Yeah, well, and there's other conversations too, you know, like back being vaccinated and stuff like that. And and if you want to actually go, and I know this isn't why you came on the show, but, you know, this whole COVID-19 thing, uh, the Gates, the World you know, Health Organization, all that, they did a dry run thing way back in October. They actually put it on the internet so we could see that they they were planning this whole thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, you take President Trump and what he was doing, the best economy ever, and then all of a sudden, overnight, you know, we're, yeah. we're living in a new world, literally. I mean, we, we are. I, I actually have... Um, just another question. Okay, so we've already been on in an hour. I want to respect your time. So tell me how much more time you want to give us. Oh, boy. It's really up to these children. You know, they have such <laughs> wild needs. Mommy, mommy, I want some juice. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh, okay, no, I didn't mean to provoke you. I know you want juice. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, okay. Just can you go ask your dad? Can you ask your dad? We can take a break, Good and you job. can you can we can Good take a, we can take a little break if you'd like, so you can go get your. I just I, I just sent him to his, his father, dad. Okay. So <laughs> see, see, fathers are important. Kids need a mom and a dad. Okay, people. That's this right. Is how you get things done. All right. So Carol wants to know if you can speak on the rumors that Mr. Floyd and the office or the officer both work together at a nightclub because you, you did address that as well. Yeah, I did address that. So the nightclub, I'm going to abbreviate it's El Nuevo Rodo. It's just ENR. So ENR was supposedly owned by Maya, so and so, but that's not what I'm finding. ENR is owned by the Sabri uh, family uh, and they are interesting. They've had run-ins with the FBI. One of the Sabri members was held up because of, you know, some corruption charges. Um, so that club has come under scrutiny now for all kinds of issues, money laundering among them. And is it possible Derek Chauvin works there? Yeah, very possible. Is it probable that uh, George Floyd worked there? I'm not seeing any evidence that he did. Because again, there's no evidence that he ever left Houston, Texas to establish a life in, in Minnesota. And I've had someone reach out to me who is a cousin of his, who is in prison. Uh, I wouldn't say his name, but he's a, a Floyd's cousin. And he said, yeah, I don't think my cousin ever left Houston. We have uh, his lawyer, his guardian at Litton, who was with him at the point of his death in Corpus Christi, Texas, saying, my client died here and I'm seeing him murdered on TV four years later. So this makes no sense to me. Yeah. Well, and there's really no reason for that guy to lie. He's already in jail. You know, you got it. You got it. Yeah, that's right. You got to ask. Uh, Donna says there is evidence. This is a cover up. And um, let's see a whole bunch of people all of a sudden jumped into Periscope. We, we only had like, like 15 or 20 and now there's 81 just so you know. Oh, oh nice. Hi. <laughs> It's probably more than that, but let's go ahead here and yeah. let's see here. I, th I think my friend shared it out on her, on her channel. 
Yeah, Paul, you don't. Paul, Paul, Paul is saying yes. They had a trial run a year ago about the pandemic. Um, let's see. Okay, so somebody named Mystic Bird says, "I love the names." <laughs> Wouldn't it be neat if all of a sudden, you know, this is just my way, weird way of thinking. Wouldn't it be cool if all the fake names we ever used just showed up on our forehead one day? Ooh, <laughs> Ooh you're Mystic Bird. Uh, <laughs> so they say when a society news sources stumping for candidates, how do you get out of that? Well, and that's, and see that, that is, that's the media bias. That's why social media is so good because you have people like us who are like, Wait just a minute, Mister. This this over here doesn't measure up to this over here. Um, and then when you could see these videos where you have all the the news channels who are, you know, doing all this stuff and and they and they all are mocking birds, right? It's it's the mocking bird. It's it's the mocking bird, right? You know about that. Yep. Yeah. Let's see. I'm scrolling through here. I'm scrolling through you guys. Stop commenting and I can get through all these comments. That's a good problem mm -hmm. to have. Event 201. That's yeah. right. That's what it was called. Did you read about Event 201? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. We know all about Event 201 because it came right out of Maryland. Like I said, I have strong Maryland connections. And it was done in conjunction with Johns Hopkins University right. over there in Baltimore, Maryland. And incidentally, Johns Hopkins has been tasked or they've given themselves a task of being the counter of the COVID deaths. So you want to know how many people have died from COVID around the world? They can tell you how many people died from COVID in Lithuania. I mean, how does John Hopkins get that job? Who knows? But they are the official counter of COVID deaths in the world. Well, and the fact that I, I can't remember who it was I had on talking about this, but but they actually were talking about how if you record something as a COVID death, even if it isn't, you get way more money. That's right. That's that's part of the problem. So, yeah. All right. So, um, so, okay. So now my next question is, are you fear? Do you fear for your life? Absolutely not. Why not? <laughs> Because it is so blatantly obvious, you know, this isn't like, this isn't your Sandy Hook, right? This is in 2014. This is in 2012. This is 2020. And, you know, people who ordinarily would not question things like this, they are reaching out saying, you know what, I'm ready to go there. Because this is just way too crazy. We started out the year with COVID and, and now we have an economic collapse. Now we have a race war. People are ready to go there. And I have really a great security team they protect me my uh staffer said to me once it says dr wayne i will lay down my life for you i was like well <laughs> that's that's a bit much but he's ready to do that <laughs> so i have no fear and i'm a woman of prayer i have no fear at all um if people like you and me can speak up then we we can conquer the darkness but if we stay silent then we shall lose and we will become slaves. I don't want to be a slave. My ancestors were already slaves and it was horrible. It proved horrible for the world. It was slavery is always horrible for humanity. Why are we rushing towards uh, modern day slavery, ideological slavery? I resist. I resist. Amen yeah. to that. And not only that, I want people to know that, 
you um you know you've run for other uh, seats before and but one of the things that on your website you talk about and i love this i was so touched when i read this because i'm a retired marriage and family therapist um but you uh you um you talk about the federal child victims act you know where where you want children to be protected now is that a crazy person or what uh that, that wants <laughs> you know uh and in fact i hear on your website it says in 19 in 2018, Honorable Donna Bethel J.D. and I formed Catholic Laity for Orthodox Bishops and Reform. Clobber. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nonprofit, I'm going to guess, because, you know, good acronyms for, for nonprofits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To bring accountability to the Catholic Church and to put pressure on, on pre, 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 how do you say that? Prelates? Prelates? Yeah, prelates. To do the right thing. Um, anyway, talk a little bit about that. Cause I will tell you a funny story. I interviewed a guy who I, who I didn't really do a lot of background on, but I, I had him on a couple of years ago. He was talking about how he prosecuted all the, the church predators in the Catholic church. Well, my background, mm -hmm. I was raised Catholic. So, you know, I know a little bit about the Catholic church and of course the priests and all that, you know, you get, you get all that stuff. Well, anyway, this guy I'm, I'm interviewing him about his work and I'm applauding him. I'm so, oh, this is so great. I'm so great that you did this stuff. And I'm reading the lead questions because I always get lead questions, except for, just so you know, I have it with her. Okay. Um, but here's the thing. So I'm reading on there. And then next thing you know, I'm reading about how he's like, it said something like as a Democrat, something, 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 something I totally opposed, you know, what, what is, what is it like for you to defend, you know, and protect people in the church? Oh, he was an atheist. That's what it was. He was an atheist. Oh, okay, okay. And so I'm like, here you're on Bible news radio. I'm interviewing an atheist about protecting, you know, some stuff. But anyway, I think that's cool. So tell me why you did that. Why, why is that an issue that you wanted to talk about? You know, Stacey, I start out with these ambitious moves. I, I guess I would consider myself an ambitious person. And I wanted to run for a state house in Maryland. And that was my goal. I wanted to be a state representative while also finishing graduate school. But then <laughs> the Lord had other plans. That year in 2018, the summer of shame, we call it in the church, Pennsylvania mm -hmm. released their five-year investigation of uh, some Catholic dioceses. And it's the Pennsylvania Grand Jury Report. And it just listed atrocity after atrocity of priests and bishops who had abused their, their power and abused children and then lied about it and shuffled each other around. And now we had all kinds of broken people. Some of them had committed suicide. One of them is my friend, James Grind, hmm. who was abused by now defrocked Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. Can you go upstairs? Go ask your dad. Go ask your dad. Uh, so James Grind was abused by Theodore McCarrick. And uh, Theodore McCarrick is still roaming free on the face of the earth. He was defrocked. Yeah, so he's no longer a cardinal. But I saw all of that and I just felt I had to do something. So what did I do? I started a petition. I used change.org. I started a petition which is why I went back to change with this issue, but I might have to change that in the future. I went to change.org. I started a petition to guess who? Pope Francis, that's right. I started a petition to Pope Francis asking him to remove the Cardinal who at the time 
was bishop in uh, Pennsylvania and he knew about clergy abuse and he shuffled the priests around. He just sent them to a different parish. And that was seen as the most gutsy thing anyone could do. Like, how, how dare you petition the Pope? How dare you ask the Pope for a certain request? Mm -hmm. The nerve of you. Yeah, but yeah. So that's what started Clubber, uh, Catholic laity for Orthodox bishops and reform. That petition was successful. It took some time. It took about three or four months. But it finally got so overwhelming for the church because my petition was in the face of a lot of people. And this cardinal bishop was still in his seat and it just started to look very bad. So he was removed. He's now emeritus, you know, he's retired. And we have a new archbishop there in the Archdiocese of Washington. So again, I care so deeply about children. I care about the fact that a church that I love because I'm not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not going to leave the church. You have to leave. <laughs> if you're a terrible, horrible prelate, you leave. You get to leave. I get to stay. So I decided that I would take that on. And Donna joined me. And we've been a formidable team ever since. Amen. I find girlfriend. Yeah. Just saying, we got to defend kids all the way from the preborn to those who are, you know, being abused outside. I mean, I was one of those kids, so I get it, you know, mm. Again, not in the church, but I, you know, but anyway, the point is, you know, we need to defend all life, you know, not just, you know, stuff. All right. So I'm going to go to another 15 minutes. That sound good. That way we can wrap this up. So. I want to just say to everybody, thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time tuning into the show, I'm your sweet and lovable host. Usually it says that, but anyway. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, Dr. Winnie Hartstrong has been our guest because everywhere, all over the place, they keep banning her. So here's what I want to encourage you all to do tonight, if you don't mind. And I'm totally serious about this. <laughs> I'm totally serious. First of all, share the show out. So people can watch it while it's still online. Second of all, if you have the ability to download it and post it on your YouTube channel, please do so. Because you know what? I can't on mine because my channel's banning me right now. Um, I'm serious. I'm totally serious. Usually I'm kind of like, you know, I'm protective of my show. But in this case, we got to get, we got to help her get seen because, you know, the people, the nefarious evildoers in the world. They they don't want her voice to be heard. And and I'm just gonna say this. If I did if I did not agree with her, let's just say for sake of argument, everything she said tonight I think is a load of crap, right? Okay, let's just pretend I, I believe that. The reason I have her on here is because she has a right to say it in America. And people shouldn't be you know, censured because of it. But by the way, I actually support her hundred percent, just so you know. Because really, is this a person, a crazy person? I mean, has you've seen tonight somebody who's absolutely nuts, bonkers, out of their mind? I don't think so. I mean, seriously. Are you? I mean, I've been called similar things in the past. So I, yeah. I, I get it. It's a club, man. It's, it's so funny, Stacey, because people start out with that because they're busy. You know, they're busy with their lives. They don't have time to read and research. They're busy with kids, with spouses births, deaths, anniversaries, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's just their gut reaction. Like, how dare you? That's really what they're saying. How dare you question what we all know to be true? And I come back, you, you see the problem with people, or if you just feel like you want to get into the political arena, here's some advice for you. 
you have to not care about that gut reaction. You have to take it, you know? It's like going into enemy fire. You take that first bullet and then you brace yourself and you come back with some reasons to question. And so when I do that, people aren't ready for it. They're like, oh, wow, she's going to actually defend herself. And I do. And I've made some good friends that way. Someone called me a nut job online. And most people would retort with an insult or say, how dare you, blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, how are you? You know, I'm not a nut job. Would you care to read the report? And we made a conversation out of that. So people are really responding out of just the frustration in their lives. They're very broke. Many people are very broke right now. Uh, very uh, distressed about the country and want to see us love each other. And so that's where those insults are coming from. I, I don't take them personally at all. I just, you know. You shouldn't. I, yeah, you can't. You yeah. have to just take the emotion and turn it back on them and say, hey, why would you say that? Did you get the chance to read the report? Yeah. So, okay. So Natasha, by the way, who you answered her questions she said, I appreciate her straightforward answers and not deflecting or dodging. Thank you. Thank you, Natasha. So, and, um, okay. Where... My kids are like, oh, oh you know <laughs> what? They're, they're congregating now. Oh, okay. Well, don't worry. You can feed them in a minute. Okay. So one, <laughs> one more question. Why are none of George's friends coming forward? That, that was a, that was a, that was a good question. Somebody just asked, how come none Sorry, of George Floyd's friends are yeah, why are none of George Floyd's friends coming forward to support him or support? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. You know, they're not candidates for office. They're not protected. You know, it's a great thing. It's a privilege to run for office, especially run, running for Congress. I have um, the media to cover me, even though they cover me in a negative way. And I have um, I have the attention of my party. I have the attention of the president, et cetera, et cetera. So there's some protection there. But I wouldn't blame anyone who was just not protected in that way or covered in that way for not stepping up. Now, people have stepped up to me in private, sure. and um, I appreciate that, too, because it adds to my knowledge base. I can come on and tell you what I know. And uh, again, like I said, work on that second installment. So the second addition to the report will come out very shortly. Cool. And then when you do it, come back on our show, okay? Yes, ma'am. You heard it here first, people. I, I was never in the military. That was just my, yeah, whatever. Anyway, okay. I actually sang with a guest once. It was a Grammy Award winning artist. And I was like, hey, why don't we just sing your song right now? And I did it. And they did it. And I was like, this is so cool. It was totally off key and everything, but it was fun. All right. So no. last question. Here's my last question. My last question. Actually, no, I got two questions. One question is, are you a firstborn or only child? I'm a, I'm a firstborn of uh, five. I have a feeling. Five kids. Just wanted to test my hypothesis because you're an overachiever. And yes, so you are. <laughs> that, that's generally the case. Okay. Last question. Last question, serious question. If you're elected, and I hope you are, because we need to get as many Democrats out of office as possible. No offense to my Democrat friends. <laughs> Uh, what are you going to do? What, are, what is it that you plan on doing and what are your long-term aspirations to serve in government? Oh yeah. I plan on serving with a heart that seeks after the heart of the father. And that comes down to treating everybody 
as deserving of life, especially uh, the the unborn. So I, I want to pass uh, an unborn, a personhood amendment. That would be a huge goal. Um, getting us to recognize that a person is a person at the moment of conception and no person should be should be aborted. And then like we also talked about working on a Federal Child Victims Protection Act to ensure that uh, children who are abused by clergy are protected. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, those would be my main goals. <laughs> so the kids are really going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. So we're gonna get we're gonna wind this up here because you know the children yeah, are important. They, they need some food. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you for honoring me with your presence, being my guest tonight. And just a couple of people are saying, where can they get your report? We've been putting your oh, other. Your, I'll tell you. Tell everybody where they can w get that. Investigate deep fake floyd.com investigate deep fake f l y o d floyd.com there you go people all right dr hartstrong thank you for being my guest Did a you're great so job. welcome stacy god bless you god bless all your listeners please pray for me prayer is the weapon it's the strongest weapon and also please donate money to my campaign if you're able to at winnieheartstrong.vote Amen. Yeah, you guys go do that. Also, tomorrow night, you guys, I got to tell you, I have another great interview lined up, this time with the founder of the Cupcake Collection. And before you go, what? What's the Cupcake Collection? Well, I'll tell you what. Have you ever had a sweet potato cupcake? My guest tomorrow night is the one that created that cupcake, and that her cupcakes are number eight in the country number eight in the country, number one in, in our area in Tennessee. Uh, so if you want to be inspired in a spiritual cupcakey way, <laughs> make sure you tune in tomorrow night, same time right here. No, we will not be on YouTube because we're still banned. But don't worry. In a week, we'll be back on YouTube. So as I always say on the end of every show, as you guys already know, be bold people like Dr. Winnie has been. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. We'll see you tomorrow.